<laughs> Hi, welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. I sincerely hope you heard that first part of Clint's dog barking like crazy. <laughs> welcome to the show. Shut up. <laughs> uh, this is White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. Uh, we are the best SEO show on YouTube. There's a number of reasons this is this this is the case. One, we're awesome. Two, we have great chest hair. Three, uh, there's not many other SEO shows on YouTube. <laughs> Four, if you look at Barry Schwartz's uh, site recently, SEO Roundtable, 60% uh, of people are moving away from SEO with 10% completely ditching it entirely. So this is a great time to get into SEO if you're a smart person because a lot of people are getting out of it. So if you're the kind of person who runs towards a burning building, <laughs> you can get in it and make a lot of money that's still there. Uh, so today, we've, uh, we, of course, I have my co-host with me, Clint Butler. Say hi there, Clint. Hi, everybody. How was your weekend, Clint? It was spectacular, if you're counting all the rain and stuff that we had this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this part of the world, the Pacific Northwest, which we all live in, actually, is getting a lot of rain this time of year, but that's, that's the way it goes. Also, we are blessed to have with us Ted Kobitis, the creator of Cora. Uh, uh, correlation SEO software or whatever you call it. Yeah, Say hi, Ted. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, it's our pleasure. We were. I have to give apologies. We were supposed to have NFG SEO with Brad and Mike on today. They had a huge presentation they're going to show you. Luckily, Ted also has a huge presentation he's going to show us. So we have lots of presentations. But uh, Mike is with me on Skype right now. And if, actually, he says a close family friend uh, is having some medical issues, and so he can't join. I'm going to say, okay, no problem, dude. Uh, best of luck, exclamation marks. Reschedule when you're ready. Well, that's what's going there. Yeah, so NFG will join us in the future, but today we're – so we got even more time for Cora. So if that's the case, then what we're going to do is that Ted's going to do a presentation of the new stuff he's put in Cora software, which for those of you who have seen it, you know it's a super powerful software. It's kind of like – it is It is definitely not – it is not like – the best competitive analysis software. It is, hands down, the best SEO competitive analysis software. And uh, and uh, what we're going to do is Ted's going to present that right away. And for the lucky few who can get your sites in right away, if you see in the chat, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you can give us the query you want to rank for and your domain name, uh, both uh, uh, Ted and Clint are running Corey here. I could fire it up too if, if I probably don't even have updated it lately. but. And we can run the, the software, and, and it takes a while to run to analyze you know, a couple thousand different fee, uh, factors, but we might even be able to give you uh, uh, a sneak peek at what Cora can do for your site. So put it in the chat. Also, if you have any SEO questions, put it up there in the chat with, with three asterisks. So without further ado then, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn it over to you, Ted, and okay. show us what you got new in your Cora software here, buddy. All righty. And I am running for Dennis. <laughs> and if the keyword's wrong, it's because you put it in three different ways. So it's your fault. <laughs> so can you guys uh, see my slides okay? Uh, we see a black screen at the moment. It, it might take a couple seconds to come through. <clears throat> so I've uh, presented Cora before. Uh, so this is an update. I wanted to let everybody know what's what's new and what's different and how it's evolved. Here, turn it off and try it again there, uh, Ted, because it's it's coming through black. It's evolved into the void of nothingness, <laughs> into space, the final frontier. 
So guys, if you want us to run, uh, as I said before, if you want us to run a uh, Quora report on your site, give us the, the, the phrase you want to rank for, and then give us your domain name afterwards. Nothing else. Don't, don't type anything, anything else because it just confuses us. So if it's GoPro Gimbal, say GoPro Gimbals and GoProGimbal.com, and that's what we want to do. You might have to put a space, just like Dennis did, you might have to put a space between the .com because it might block it, but I'm, I'm watching and I can just approve it right away. Okay, now we see it, Ted. There you go. Okay, well, apparently it doesn't like sharing just an application, so full desktop was the trick. So uh, my name's Ted Kabaitis. I'm from SEO Tool Lab, and Cora SEO software is the product I sell. Cora is desktop software for Macs and PCs. It's a factor measurement tool for SEO factors. It measures over 520 on-page and off-page SEO factors. It measures them in the top 100 results for your specific search terms that you're trying to rank for, and it puts all the measurement data, the recommendations, and the charts into an Excel spreadsheet for you. So in a way, it's just a tape measure. It's doing tape measurement types of actions for factors, and it's putting all of the measurement data into a spreadsheet. So the value proposition is that it differentiates your SEO from mainstream SEO because it's data-driven. You're using this SEO measurement data to know exactly what you need to change and by how much. So you can see how your SEO tuning on a factor-by-factor -factor basis is deficient to higher-ranking competitors. And because you know exactly how much you're deficient, you can more accurately cost out SEO work by knowing exactly how much tuning is required. And that's very important because one of the ways SEOs commonly waste their time and money is by not knowing when to stop. They pick their favorite factors and they overtune them well beyond the point of being reasonable. Right. So right. once you're number one in a factor against all the competition, you should stop on that factor and go work on a different one. And it's a very important thing that you can only tell by measuring. Yeah, you're spending five hundred or a thousand dollars a month on links or social, and you're way you got way more links and social going on than everybody else. Why are you throwing that money away? <laughs> right? Yeah. So how it works, uh, this is what the software looks like. <clears throat> You'll have to forgive me, I'm getting over uh, uh, cold. Uh, but you enter in your keywords into an embedded browser and you search. And this also works, uh, by the way, in other languages. So if you want to search in Japanese, you can. This still works. Uh, the caveat to that is that the user interface and the output are still written in English. But if that's okay for you, then this works. Domo arrogato, Mr. Roboto. And uh, when you do your search, you'll see that in our embedded browser, we highlight the words yellow that Google makes bold in the search results. We call these match words, and they're very important. <clears throat> these words, uh, Google is highlighting them to say, look at how relevant our search results are for your search terms. And these match words include singular and plural form. 
they include uh, word conjugations and they use word stemming, they use synonyms, and they also do entity recognition. So if you do this particular search uh, in your browser, you'll see that they even highlight the names of prominent DUI attorneys. Right. Uh, so there's all these variants of your search term that Google thinks are relevant hits for the search. And these are very important because you need these terms on your page in different zones of the page to rank well. And we call these match words. And when you see us talking about matches, we're not talking about your search terms. We're talking about this entire collection of relevant hits that Google shows us in the search results. I'll just jump in for a quick second. Like you notice, I'm sure everyone watching has noticed that quite often people ranking number one and two, two and three for a, a keyword don't have that keyword anywhere on their page, <laughs> right? And that's because they have these match words that also can substitute for, for the exact match words as well. That's correct. And it's uh, probably also related to inbound anchor text too. That's the other way. True. Um, so there's a button and it's called the uh, domains button. And this is where you can track domains. And so when you have a search result uh, in your search that matches a track domain, Cora does a lot of work for you for free. It, it used to be you had to manually process the data. Well, we've automated a lot of that in the latest versions of Cora. And this feature is how you do it. So you would track a domain, you'd do a search, you'd run Cora, and if we find the track domain in the results, then we customize the output specifically for that result. <clears throat> now the pages button, which has existed in Cora for a long, long time, this is how you add a result to the top 100 results if it doesn't appear there. So if you're making a brand new page that has never ranked before and you want to get comparable measurements, this is how you do it. But in general, you don't want to use this button if you're already ranking in the top 100, because uh, that could mess things up. So just be aware of that. It's not for every run you do. It's only for those cases where your page does not rank at all. And then the near button, if you want to localize to a city, uh, this will put it in that local context. Google is doing away with their uh, top uh, level country code uh, domains. So the google.co.uk and the google.jp, those are all going away and they're forcing everybody to get results that are uh, relative to their physical location. Yes. The next version of Cora, which should be out within the week, uh, will use the geolocation parameter in Google to put that uh, ability to search in other countries back into Cora. Um, but there is a little bit of debate about how accurate that method is, but Cora will support it. So there's at least some hope on, on uh, being able to search in other countries without proxies. 
but Cora 3 now also supports proxies. So if you have proxies in other countries and you want to search relative uh, uh, to those countries via the proxies, you can do that now. Sweet. And then finally, there's this play button. That's the get data button. And that's when all the magic happens. Cora will then download uh, the top 100 results and will start taking measurements. It takes about two to five minutes to generate a report uh, simply because uh, of the computer speed, the network speed, how big are the pages that you're downloading. Um, and you know all the measurements on an average run of Cora, we're pulling about fifty thousand to seventy-five thousand measurements. <clears throat> so there's there's a lot being automated here just to measure the five hundred and twenty some uh, factors. How would you like to do all those measurements by hand? I used to do them all by hand, and I, I would basically do this as my SEO manually, but I could only do about ten to twenty factors a year. Now you can do 520 factors in two to five minutes. That is sweet. So when the run is done, the first thing you see now in the latest version is the SEO roadmap. And it tells you the factor name and specifically how much of that factor you need to get in order to tie for number one for that factor. So in the body tag matches, which is all of the keyword matches within the body tag, so the whole page practically, um, it says you need to add, for our track domain, the uh, AER law group, uh, we need to add 653 more matches. Now keep in mind, that's not our search terms. That's this list of relevant match words, and there's a lot of variance to them. Right. So you're not going to get keyword stuffing problems either. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so this will only give you a tie. So if we add 653 more, we will be tied for number one for that factor. So we'd have to add 654 if we wanted to be number one. So that's how this works. It's parity for being the most highly tuned for each factor. And as you can see, we have very exact and finite amounts of tuning. So if we looked at sentence matches, so we need to add 85 more of our uh, match words, that big collection of words. We need to add 85 more of those into sentences. Um, and you know that makes me think that we might be short on our uh, on our content. So number of sentences right here, we need to add 72 more sentences. So they're kicking our butt in long form content. And so that's why this is the roadmap. And it's it's the most valuable feature uh, in Cora at the moment. It's This is where all the time savings is, is when you properly uh, set up your search and use the track domain and you get to this roadmap. This is where you can take action. And what I typically recommend to people is don't do all of them. Just cherry pick five to 10 of the easy ones, knock them out, and get a result. Because you can always come back later and do a second pass. Right. But once you learn how to read this data, Ted, I hope you would agree that it starts to tell you a story that 
it looks like you need to have a longer page. It looks like longer form content is ranking better in your niche. Or maybe it looks like e-commerce content's ranking better in your niche. The data is going to start telling you a story of, in general, how to rank and then specifically what to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like in, in uh, online retail niches, I see patterns in the data that say, oh, you need to have more tokens per page because you need to have more images, and that's a correlating factor. And like in home improvement niches, it's like, oh, you're competing against directories because it's telling you that you need to add 32 more phone numbers to your page, but that would be weird for a single business. So you can start to see those stories in the data. Um, so this is the overview tab. <clears throat> this is where the uh, measurement data is actually presented. So we can see here our track domain is highlighted yellow. This column is the factor measurements for our uh, website. And here we have results one, two, and three to compare against, and the measurements uh, for the page one average. And the practical maximum is the largest value from results one, two, and three in the page one average. So there's nothing magical there. Whichever one of these four is largest becomes the practical maximum. The overall maximum is the largest measurement across the top 100 results. But what I've found is that is usually overkill and not productive to shoot for. You can get to page one with the practical max simply because these guys have already done it. Um, so we shoot for that. And the deficit is simply the difference of the uh, practical max minus your measurement. So it tells you how much you need. And this deficit column is identical to the recommendations on the roadmap. The roadmap uses these deficits, so they're exactly equal. And we correlate the factor measurements. Uh, this first orange bar, the orange means it's statistically significant to 95% certainty that it's non-random distribution. This uh, uh, first one is across all 100 of the top results. So there's 100 samples. Uh, this other one, the best of both by page, is across the page averages. So there's 10 samples, and they have different critical val uh, values to uh, achieving their statistical significance. So uh, I just, I just want to jump in there for a second, Ted. I just want to explain that. So, I mean, these are not just your guesses. <laughs> every, every result you're putting there is a very highly statistically relevant result that you're directly tracking in that niche, not just making guesses based on a broad kind of sampling of a million different sites. Yeah, yeah, these are, these are facts from the math. There's no magic here. And what the math says is that these factors, these ones with the strongest correlations that are uh, statistically significant, appear to move the needle in terms of your rankings. So these appear to be the things driving your rankings as far as we can tell from the measurement data. And it's not so surprising. If we just look at the top and read it down, body tag matches, well, duh. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta have the keywords in your page, you're not gonna rank. Term frequency, same thing. Exact match term frequency, same thing. Sentence, uh, sentence search term matches, same thing. I mean, you're measuring a lot of different stuff the same ways. And then we get down to a tag matches and word count, things like that. A tag href matches, stuff that people have known for a long while, 
you know, does content and links help you rank? Yes, and this is the, the statistical proof. And so, yeah, and so what we see here, uh, the reason it says best of both, there are hidden columns of data. <clears throat> we use uh, both the Spearman's correlation coefficient and the Pearson's correlation coefficient. One is better for things that tend to trend in curves and one's better for things that trend in straight lines. And from one factor to the next, we never know if it's going to trend in a curve or a straight line. So we do both, and whichever one gets the better uh, correlation coefficient out of the two, that's what we go with. We assume it's meant to be that way. Um, and that's why it's the best of both. And all this data, even though it's hidden, you can select rows and columns and unhide the data, and you can see everything. And but data crazy. But Cora hides everything it thinks you don't need to see. So all the factors that are not statistically significant, it hides those. And all of the results that rank below you, well, you don't care about those most likely. It hides those. If you were to unhide all the data, because it's all in there, we just hide it. We don't delete it. It looks like this. <laughs> And so you can see each of the columns is a different result in the top 100 results, and each of the rows is a different factor of those 520 factors. And you can see that all the orange tends to congregate near the top. And that shows us that the software is doing the right thing in the sort order. The default sort is uh, by the uh, best of both across all 100 results, so that's why they're the most dense. But this used to be how my customers would get the raw data and they would have to manually process. This is how it automatically happens now. So it's a big improvement, a lot of automation in there. And this is how most people tend to consume it. Right, it just gives them a list, do this. Yes. Body tag matches, add 600 more. Now there's another thing I noticed there, Ted, which I liked a lot on this page here. You also have the page one average. And so if you're concerned that maybe it might be a little aggressive adding 600 keywords into your page <laughs> for whatever reason, you don't have to go for the, the number one result. You could just go for the page one average and see if that starts floating you on page one when you do like 10 or 20 of these statistically relevant things. Because here's, here's the philosophy, and, and I love this philosophy, so Ted, open don't mind me jumping in and explaining it, is that some people have an SEO theory like it's a scientific theory. They have hypotheses of what ranks, and then they have to affirm or deny the hypothesis and they're making a guess, an educated guess. You're not, you're not necessarily doing that with Cora. You can do that as well, but with Cora, you're saying, I don't care. I don't care what is or is not a ranking factor. I run the software, it tells me what to do. If I do enough of these things, statistically speaking, I'm going to, like, the, the chances start to approach 100% that you are gonna get on page one. There's, there's no guessing, it's math, like math doesn't lie, right? If you keep doing these statistically significant things, eventually you're gonna get there. And so you don't need to guess. You don't need to listen to all the other SEO experts like me or anybody else for that matter. You can just run Cora, and if you do enough of those things, assuming you don't go over threshold, so just tweak it up over time, you're going to get there, and it, no matter what, there is no guessing. There is no doubt. It's, a, it's, it's essentially a guarantee if, if you crank it up a little bit over time to, to match what everyone else has there. Yeah, you know, the, uh, uh, the common argument I, I hear a lot is that correlation is not causation. And that's, that's very true. Uh, but the counter argument to that is that causal things tend to correlate. 
So exactly. <laughs> when, when you have a field of possibility, say 520 possible SEO factors, when you can reduce it down to the two or three dozen that correlate strongly and with a high degree of significance. Again and again that, and again over time. Yeah, when you can reduce 520 down to 30, I mean, your guesses just get much better at that point. Exactly, yeah. So, so folks, next time Rand Fishkin out there on Twitter says, correlation is not causation, say, yeah, but, you know, correlation is, you know, sometimes better than causation because if we have enough correlation over time, we know what's going on. It's, it's, I, I studied philosophy, so I love to say this, so people who have been watching me for a while are going to groan. I apologize, but I'm like your dad has to tell a bad joke. I have to say this. Is that not only does uh, not only is it to say that uh, uh, just because something correlates that it's causal is a fallacy. It's also equally a fallacy to say because it correlates, therefore it's not causal as well. You don't know. It could be causal. It may. It may be. It may not be. At least with correlations, you have some evidence as opposed to just your random guesses as to whatever happened before and and something that came after. So there's your philosophy bit for the day. Now everyone's severely bored. <laughs> Yeah. And we've lost 30 viewers already. <laughs> Ted, please continue. Yeah, and if you need argument fuel uh, to the correlation is not causation debate, uh, always ask the people who say that if they have data to present. <laughs> right. Usually yeah. in SEO circles, when people say correlation is not causation, they're usually saying it to justify the fact that they don't use data in their SEO. Precisely. Exactly. It's like just like saying it's not necessarily true. We never said it was necessarily true. Like it was a logical certainty. We said it's statistically significant. What do you got? And they usually have nothing. Oh, blah, 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 blah. use a disavow. You know, like, idiots. Psh, psh, psh. Makes me angry. Okay, sorry. Keep going. So <clears throat> we also provide the correlation charts for every factor whether it was significant or not, uh, we show you all the charts. Cora does hide the charts for the things that weren't statistically significant. So it'll only show you the good ones by default, but you can select all the rows, right click and say unhide and see the charts for every factor there is. And when you see these uh, charts, the way you read them, this is page 10, page nine, page eight, heading towards page one. We see the average factor measurements by page going up as we approach page one. And that's why it correlates strongly. There's a trend line here that says the more of it you have, the better you tend to rank. And the slope of that trend line is negative. If the slope of the line was positive, then the more of it you'd have, the worse you'd rank. But because it's negative, the more of it you have, the better you rank. And that's why uh, with normal SEO factors, you want a strong negative correlation coefficient. People like to say that the correlation coefficient describes the slope of the trend line. Um, I mean, just look at that graph right there. I mean, clearly, from page four going to page <coughs> one, oop, it goes up. <laughs> and uh, people often tell me, Ted, the, the charts are cool and all, but how can I use them for SEO? Well, what you do is you pull the charts for the same factor in different markets. So we have 
uh, Seattle SEO services, Tacoma SEO services, Olympia SEO services, and Linwood SEO services, but we're looking at sentence matches in all four markets. And here, the competitive uh, uh, factor tuning is 40 matches in, senten uh, in sentences. Here it's 60, and here in Olympia it's also 60, but here in Linwood it's 80. So if I have to explain to a customer why we're doing great in Tacoma, doing okay in Seattle and Olympia, and doing terrible in Linwood, it's because the degree of tuning required is different for Linwood than it was for Tacoma. We may have had an easy time tuning the page there, but it's just steeper competition in Linwood. And we could cost out, oh, we need to do double the work on this factor to be competitive. So that should probably cost more than what we charged in Tacoma. And just and, a, a, an SEO consultant for years, like I've been an SEO consultant for years, just a little point for those people who are thinking getting, getting in the job. Nothing is, there's, there's, there's nothing better than actually having graphs to show your client. <laughs> when you just say, well, I say so because I'm an expert and I've been doing this for 20 years, that means one thing. When you actually have graphs to show a client, that, that puts you up on another level, so to speak. Less client complaining, more client, oh, okay, let's do it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you, you're differentiating your SEO when you use data. When you bring that to the table, you are definitely setting yourself apart from mainstream SEO. And customers definitely feel the loss when they go back to doing SEO without data. So it's, it's a great way to entrench yourself with your customers. <clears throat> Another new report is the zones report. It's a uh, pivot on the data. Let me go back. So this data, we're showing the data by the result number and the factor. And so when we go forward to the zones report here, we're showing the measurement data by the zone on the page and the type of match. Mm. So taken the exact same data and we've pivoted that. And so here at the top, we can see heading tags. So H1, oops. H1 through H6, and for a uh, match, so any of the keyword variants, um, the page one minimum is to have four matches. The page one average is you know 25, and the page one maximum is 25 matches. So that's that's important information. And if you are making a SEO a set of SEO guidelines for a website, you would want to look at your key uh, terms, your most important terms, look at the zones report and figure out where the different zones should be tuned in general. And that way you can say all of our new blog posts should have X many of this type of match and you know we should hit these benchmarks in our content writing just to know that we're going to be competitive for page one. Right. This tells you how to do the on-page SEO exactly, specifically. Yeah. So if, if you're trying to set SEO guidelines for new content and new pages, you can get in the ballpark by using this data. <clears throat> we also do uh, LSI. And so we're the only tool on the market that I know of that correlates the words 
from the LSI with rank position and show you which words appear to help you rank better. So we give you the regular LSI data, how many pages had the term, what's the maximum number of times the term was used on a page, what's the average, what's the total occurrences across all pages. So we have the typical LSI measurements, but we're the only tool that does the correlation of the terms with rank position in Google. And you can tune the LSI behavior in the settings. So if you want to say only look at words on the top 10 results, but only show me words that appear on five or more pages, you can configure that in the settings. You could configure it to show you every word on every page for the top 100 and measure all this data and correlate out them all. I don't recommend you do that because it adds about 15 minutes to the runtime. But if you wanted to, you could. That's sweet. And then we have the results tab, which is a snapshot in time of the search results when the report was run. And this is very important because oftentimes you maintain an archive of your keywords over time. And you need to look at how things were ranking back when you did the report. So this is that snapshot. And I'm already seeing a pattern here in the link text. And I'll make it more prominent by going to the next slide. So there's leading matches in those title texts. So oftentimes when I'm making recommendations for tuning how the SERP uh, appears. I like to look at the results tab to look at the competition and try to see how we can stand out better, look at what might be ranking well. And so that leading match uh, in, the, in the title text appears to be important. And this is so important for what you just mentioned, for differentiating yourself. Yep. And People always ask me about uh, algorithm updates and what do I do about those. And honestly, I haven't cared about algorithm updates for years because this is how I do SEO. So I keep an archive of my keyword reports over time. And when there's a big update, I look at the file from before the update and the file after the update. And any changes in which factors are correlating stronger pretty much tells me what I need to do to adapt for the new algorithm. And if nothing has changed, then it's probably a web spam uh, algorithm update, and they got some bad actors out of the SERPs, but I don't need to do anything. So doing it this way allows you to not panic over all of the, the news about algorithm weather. You don't have to freak out weekly like they do on SE Roundtable. Well, that's all they have to freak out about. They don't have any other data. And that's a problem, too. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, it is for them, <laughs> not for us. <laughs> that's why 60% of them are getting out of SEO. So on uh, my website, seotoollab.com, uh, we have approaching two hours of video tutorials, and anybody can can go through and watch those. They're open to the public. They show you all the features in detail and how to read the data, how to use the software. So, you know, if you want more information, you know, feel free to, to ask me or to go explore the website. Um, 
this is a new way that people are using Cora. They're using it for prospecting. They'll get this data and they'll say, hey, we noticed your website could rank better for DUI Lawyer Las Vegas, and they showed them their website in there. And you know, it just needs a few simple changes. We'd love to help you knock this out quickly. And you know, the, the first thing that people fire back with this is, oh, well, they're gonna pass it on to their SEO guy. Well, that's, that's fine. Then you hand them in the same email, oh, and if you have an SEO guy, here's the affiliate link I have for, for Cora. You know, just make money on the no's and make money on the yeses. So I thought I'd share that. It's a new cool trick, new thing that people are doing with the software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that on Skype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll go over the, the features really quickly. This button lets you set where the output files are saved. That takes you to the Google homepage. It's a browser back button. This will reset Cora to the same uh, state as when you started. It's the magic get data button that starts your analysis. Stop button in case you started it by mistake. Uh, this lets you add a page to the top 100 results. You should only do it if your page doesn't rank anywhere in the top 100. This lets you localize the results to a city. Your settings, which I'll go over in a second. The factors button is for power users. If you are a power user of the software and there are 200 factors you could care less about and you never want to spend time collecting them, you can turn them off here and the software mm. will consider those factors to be dead. Interesting. It won't measure them and it won't output them in the uh, files. Uh, but again, that's an advanced one. I recommend if you're a beginner, just leave them all on. And then the uh, track domains button. And there's one more button that isn't in my presentation, and that's the uh, proxies that'll let you insert a number of proxies, and it'll randomly pick one each time. And the progress bar tells you what uh, the software is working on and how much work is left. And this is the life is good indicator. Uh, if your license is good and the network is working and the software is ready for use, you're looking for that green, life is good. Then you're anyway. all green. And so in the uh, settings, uh, you got your output folder. Uh, oh, your default Google, which is going away because Google isn't supporting the, uh, the international Googles anymore. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there will be a new feature in the next release here, the geolocation country, and that will use a special Google parameter to get you to search within the country context. So that's coming up this week. Uh, the output directory, your serial number, uh, grouping like searches is an advanced feature. You can learn about it in the videos. Uh, you can use your Ahrefs uh, account for off-page data, your backlinks, and your social uh, signals. Um, you don't need to populate the Ahrefs token. That happens for you automatically when you permit Cora to use it. And after you run it for the first time, it'll magically appear. Data. Uh, so just permit to use. And then you can specify which APIs you want to spend 
uh, your API budget on. So if you just want backlinks data, you just do the first one. If you want your social signals, you need the expensive one. Um, but you can pick and choose. Then LSI, I said you could tune it. This is where you do it. You can disable it altogether to save runtime, or you can tune uh, uh, how it should work. Regex character limit <coughs> is an advanced feature. Um, HTML is a funny beast. I had one uh, customer contact me and was saying, I'm getting zeros for this factor, and I know it's non-zero. And the factor was uh, matches in the uh, class attributes of HTML tags. And so I went and I looked uh, at his web pages and his uh, class tags, his class attributes for those tags were 75,000 characters long of all the class designations. And so, yeah, the uh, parser was giving up at, uh, at about 300 characters into that attribute going, OK, this must be like a typo or something. Um, so to keep the software performant, when it hits something ridiculous, it quits and moves on. So here, you can up that limit. It slows down how fast the software runs. But in those extreme cases, you can get better measurement data. It's an advanced feature. Most people will never need to use it, leave it at the default. If you have a problem, contact me, and I might tell you to up it a little. Uh, SEMrush. So if you have an SEMrush and not an Ahrefs account, yeah, you can use it. And it works the same way. You, specify which of the APIs you want to use, which SEM Rush database to use. Um, I'm currently in negotiations with Majestic. We'll see how that goes. Uh, if I can get that approved, then uh, Majestic is next on the list. Uh, you don't need either of these. Uh, you can get all of the on-page stuff uh, built in. If you happen to have these, then you can get the off-page stuff too. I think with all the extra stuff built in the SEMrush as well, I think with Cora and SEMrush, just those two pieces of software, you're going to be doing better than I think 90% of the SEOs out there, I think, personally. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And uh, with, uh, with this, like I use the minimum Ahrefs account. I don't leave it on all the time because I know that backlinks will correlate. So I don't need to measure that every single time. Uh, but when I find a problem one where I'm not sure why things are ranking the way they do, I'll go in, I'll turn it on, and I'll pull the social signals and the backlinks. But I don't leave it on by default because that would be wasteful. And because I operate that way, I can get away with using the minimum Ahrefs account. So yeah, I, I find that's perfectly fine. Until yeah. Google makes a major change. Sorry, Clint, go ahead. So I use my regular account. And I, I'm I'm lazy, so I leave it on, so I don't have to push buttons all the time, and I and I do fine all all month. So it, a normal user is not going to burn through those, I don't think. Yeah, you have you have quite a few. Uh, well, that's fantastic, Ted. Thank you very much. Um, now we've been running. We're joined by Erock, who is the winner of the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO conference this year. Yeah. Uh, say hi there, uh, Erock. <laughs> You don't have to remind everybody every single time as much as I appreciate it. <laughs> I have to mention it so they remember that I run a conference and, and to attend next time I run it. <laughs> Just that little earworm. Um, 
Yeah, well, exactly. So, hey, I just wanted to throw a quick shout out because I think you guys are about to wrap up, right? Uh, in about 10 minutes, we're going to try to answer some questions and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to Ted because uh, we recently um, decided to get Cora and we found it to be a tremendously, tremendously powerful tool. And the support that we've gotten from, from Ted and his organization have been phenomenal. Thank and uh, just super excited to anybody that's watching this to take advantage of it because I keep telling him every single time we chat that he needs to raise the price. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ted, maybe it's time for you to do that. I don't know when you're, if and when you're planning on doing that, but I want to, my goal, I know he wants to help more SEOs. I'm like, I'm selfish. I want to keep having an unfair competitive advantage against everyone else. So, <laughs> right. So, right, so, so, Ted, like triple your prices. Uh, I, there's a special link at the bottom there, seotoolab.com slash special.php. That's a 15% off link. Uh, click that, and then tomorrow the prices are going to triple, so I would click it today. <laughs> yeah, it's a 25% off link. Oh, it's a 25% off link. Thanks, Ted. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. Okay. So, Ted, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm He's a nice guy. Myself. He's a nice guy. But uh, no, seriously, though, I mean, think of it this way. I get an email, I get two or three emails every week at least of people who are more like software people where they just want to, they want you to tell them where to click. They don't like strategic kind of theoretical knowledge. They like, that's, they're, not that, they're, not, they're not that kind of a learner, which is fine. Everyone learns differently, right? They're not that kind of a learner. They're like the software kind of learner where they want to see it in an Excel sheet. And they want to click stuff and, and play around. If you're that kind of guy or gal, then Cora and SEMrush are for you because you could get to be a very powerful SEO just with those two pieces of software. They're going to cost you money, but you'll have a software you can master and click around that is going to equate directly to SEO as opposed to having all this kind of theoretical knowledge and running experiments like, like Clint and I do. We do both, but, but we run more experiments and we're theoretical too. So it depends on how you learn. If you're a theoretical learner, great. If you're a practical learner, then th this is your software that you want is what I'm trying to say. Okay, so let's go into the questions here as quick as we can. Let's see. Um, somebody asked here, I noticed uh, halfway down, they didn't use. Uh, okay, so the Calgary Painter says, this is Ted from EquistarPainting.com. They can't seem to move from page three for most keywords and was wondering if it's just a lack of backlinks that is holding the site back. Not enough information. Uh, of course, I'm sure uh, Ted wanted us, from the Calgary Painter wanted us to stick the software in there. If You should email us. Email me, email Ted, email email Clint, email one of us, and to run Cora to tell you because because we can make guesses from the hip, right? We can make our, our from the hip guesses that maybe it's backlinks, maybe you don't have enough on page keyword stuff. So you, either you need an audit or you need a Cora audit or you need a competitive analysis. You need some kind of professional SEO thing asking on a show like this. It could take us an hour. It could take us five hours to find out. So there's no way we can help you, unfortunately. So email one of us and we but we can def definitely 100% for sure answer that question for you if we take a look. Um, Steven says, decaf is my friend. And I, I responded, hatred is my friend. <laughs> Ding. Uh, Michael Johnson says, how do you handle filtering on e-commerce sites with 350 categories and 25,000 products? Do you allow filtered pages, the categories filtered by brand color size to be indexed? That's another good question there too. Uh, do you guys have anyone have a burning answer for that, or, or should I give it a shot? Yeah, you, you got to be very careful about that. 
because you, you obviously want to have all that filter information on your product page so that it's ambiently findable. Uh, but you don't want to get into a situation where you have many different URLs for the exact same page content because uh, that will be self-destructive. You won't. You'll get incomplete crawls. You'll get duplicate content uh, issues. So uh, most people recommend having the tag information because you're talking about facets and tags. So the colors, the variants, the materials, the fabrics have all of that detail on your product page, but don't necessarily surface every filtered URL. That's usually a mistake. Right. My, my short answer is this. If people search for it, it needs its own page. If they don't search for that variation, canonical it to, to the main ver variation. So if people actually search for black converse size 12, then your page has to be black converse size 12.html with those match words all over the place in the page. But if they don't, they just search for Converse or Black Converse and, and not the size 12, you don't need to rank for that, then canonical that back to the main Black Converse page. Hey, Ted, you got those two reports. You can bring one of those up. Oh, oh so somebody submitted their site earlier in the show. I think it was Dennis with GoProGimbal.com, and we ran a report, and let's see what we found for this guy. Yeah, that's okay. the rest of the questions. There was only... The Paul was helping with the e-commerce question, and then someone was talking about limiting indexing of filtered pages because of the panda issues. That was the same guy. That was the same yeah. question. Great. So you're good. So let's look at uh, if we can open up Dennis's report here and see maybe we can get GoProGimbal.com some some good advice. What uh, Ted would, what Cor would say. Okay. Um, let me maximize this. So can you see it? Okay. Yep, we sure can. I've given you focus. A little larger. There we go. All right. So what I typically like to do when I get a, a report is I'll go down the roadmap and I'll highlight things that I think are kind of easy to address. Yeah, exactly. That one. And I would recommend that that would be your first pass. Like you can go back and and deal with the uh, other ones in a second pass. Uh, but you know, make sure that you're using your uh, your meta description uh, optimally. Uh, make sure that you know you have your li matches. This is often times uh, navigation because people have jQuery navigation. So sometimes all this means is you need to grow out more subcategories, more categories than your nav. And when um, you say add 43 more, 40, 44 or 43 what? Uh, we are talking about matches for that factor. So that's going to be those match words I showed you. And in the overview tab, uh, they are listed in uh, spin text form. So if you're using... Uh, uh, link building tools, you can get your variations really quickly just by copying that. But all those very, that's, <laughs> that's, great. that's a trick I learned from Clint, and he's probably swearing at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Clint was like, you know, hey, I could use this for link building. I was like, that's a great idea. I'll put it in spin text. <laughs> nice. Uh, so it's these words 
but they need to appear in these zones. So <clears throat> in those li tags, there are probably links that have link text. So you could do it visibly in the link text. You could do it invisibly using the title attributes on the links within your nav that'll probably never appear because of the jQuery. Um, so there's many ways to do it. Uh, but it's saying you need your keyword variants 43 more times and most likely your navigation there. That's what I'd guess. But you have to look at your competitors to know that. Um, your heading tags. So if you have long form content, the number one mistake people make with long form content is not using outline structure. So break right. it up. Have your H1 be the top, and then have your H2 for your main sections, and your H3s for subsections. And, you know, so if you go back and refactor or add more long content to add more uh, sections, then usually it, it can be easy. If you don't have long form content and your competitors do, well, that might be the thing you learn from this data. Uh, page size, it's telling you to add you know, 20 kilobytes more to your page size. So it's hinting that you want more content on page. Um, if, if you're an online retailer and this is a category page, it might be telling you to put more product per page in your pagination, so more tokens per page. There are different ways to read that depending upon the types of page you're trying to rank. Um, so again, uh, more headings. This one's talking about leading matches. So again, with all the variants, but it wants to be at the beginning of the heading for a leading match. Uh, I tags. So that's interesting that your competition is using uh, italic so much. I'd want to investigate what that is. Yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Maybe there's uh, a comment thread, and all of the comments are in italic. That's an old tag, you know, but you know, maybe there's something like that. It, you know, I've seen things that would pop up weird because people are using the same commenting system and it has its own thing. So you'd have to go and look, find out why. Uh, strong matches, that makes sense. That's what Google is recommending to use instead of bold. So it makes sense that we're seeing it correlate more often. Um, Absolute URLs, that's an interesting one. If you have a keyword in your domain and you're not using absolute URLs, you're probably doing yourself a disservice. So fix that if you have a keyword-rich domain name. So what uh, is an absolute URL? Oh, you mean like in terms of links in, in the actual HTML? In the you have a relative uh, path, you should have an absolute path. Yeah, especially if you have a keyword-rich domain name, because then you can get the more mentions on page of those keywords. Right. Um, interesting. Images without alt text. So they want you to have more images. Doesn't mean get rid of alt text. Leave your alt text, please. It's just saying that your competitors also just have more images on page. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd start with the yellow ones first and get a result, you know, see some improvement, and then if you like what you see, go back and do a second pass. That's awesome. I like to use, everyone's going to groan because I'm going to share it again. They're like, not that thing again. Yes, I'm sharing it again. But this five levels of evidence I do, when I'm using Cora, what I do is I, uh, I look here and I say, uh, 
if Cora is telling me something, which I think is probably the second best, just second from single variable experiments, if Cora is telling me to do something, and I also have an experiment proving that it works, and or if Cora tells me to do something and Google says to do it, and a bunch of other SEOs say to do it, that's a good bet that you should be doing those things because you have more than just one level of evidence. You have two or three levels of evidence. For example, when Cora says that um, uh, links are going to help you rank, you're, you're going to know that, yes, because everyone else in the world says that links are going to help you rank, and we have experiments proving links are going to help you rank. And so when Cora says it, you have overwhelming evidence this is the case, right? But there's going to be some weird edge cases where you're not really sure, but Cora gives you a really good statistical proof that it's going to work. And by the way, if you're wondering, where does Clint and Josh and SIA and Kyle and all those good guys and gals, where do they get some of their hypotheses to test? It's from Cora. When Cora says you should be doing this or doing that, we go, hmm, I'm going to run a test. And we test it to see if it actually, if we can prove it in, in two areas. So Ted, do you have anything else you want to say about that there? Uh, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, the, the more evidence you can get, the better the data you can work with, the better, you know. Um, are we going to do this second example? Is there time? I think that's pretty probably good for now. We've been here for about an hour, and I know that uh, I'm not feeling too well either, so I think I'm going to call it right now. So thanks, folks, for watching. Um, this has been White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. Uh, we'll have NFG SEO on at another time. They had a super cool presentation they wanted to do too for uh, a new uh, crazy pr uh, thing that they're doing, uh, how to get traffic and, and uh, the crazy stuff that they do. Ted also was nice enough to come on and do his presentation as well. So I want to thank Ted for that. If you want to try Cora out, as I said, there's a link at the bottom. It's seotoollab.com slash special.php. If you want just one of us to run a report for you, if you have any other SEO questions, by all means, contact one of us. I'm Josh Bashinsky at gmail.com. Ted? Uh, I have a contact page on seotoollab.com. It goes directly to me. So please, if you have questions, reach out. And uh, Clint, my good friend? Uh, Digitalear.com is where I'm at. And Erock, you already won the, the the conference. You don't get to get any leads from this show. No, I don't want any. Look, I was just going to say, if you want me to do it, I'll do it for a million dollars. There you go. <laughs> that's my offer. If you like that, give me a shout. You can find me on the dark web. <laughs> there you go. You swanky. You have to come to the conference to talk to Erock. He only shares his secrets at my conference, so there you go. And maybe maybe Dory's conference every, every now and then. Okay, thanks. Uh, thanks, folks, for watching. This has been White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show. And as I always say, good luck in the SERPs, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys.